Okay, hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Daily Do-Rag. Today I got my dog with me, okay? We got young JV as my co-host today. Javen, introduce yourself. Yes, sir. Young JV on the track, on the pod. (laughs) (laughs) Tell the folks a little bit about yourself, except for what they know when they see you at Brunch and Beats. I am... A wild child. I like to have a lot of fun. He is uh, very wild. <laughs> if you've seen him at Brunch and Beats, if you see me or at, at O'Shea's, just anywhere. This is true. But uh, I, I'm 23. I just graduated college. I'm having a lot of fun. I'm doing, I'm doing what I love, and that's me. So. And he also has a podcast himself called Untitled. Unsigned. Unsigned. Ooh. Shit. <laughs> yeah, we, we, were just, we were just listening to uh, D'Angelo Untitled. Uh, yeah, That's exactly. <laughs> yeah, so unsigned. So, like, what's coming next with unsigned? We are actually me and Roderick, my training partner and my co-host for my podcast. We actually just started doing like the, the Breakfast Club format, and we're about to drop uh, on okay. YouTube tomorrow. Uh, it took a while to edit and stuff. We were supposed to drop today, but we're dropping tomorrow on YouTube. I think it's about a fifty-minute episode. Okay. We're just going to go from there. Hopefully, not even hopefully, we, we know it can be big. So, uh, I'm excited. Um, and we drop once a week. So, if you guys want to listen to another podcast, you de- you can definitely listen to Unsigned. I definitely tried to. Maybe I have to get some tips from y'all because I tried. Because, like, when I first started, they would do it. I video recorded every session that I did. Yeah. But trying to navigate YouTube and everything is hard. hard. And trying to edit videos is hard. And so, have I given up? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Do I still got the video? Yes. But, you know, you know. Um, okay, so today's topic, because both me and Javen are both black men. Black men. So, Young, we. Beautiful kings, black men. This is true. Young, fine-ass kings, okay? That's what we do. So we're going to talk about... I mean, whoever doesn't know that needs to recognize, okay? Who We're going to talk about black men, men's mental health. I think I've I've spoken about, like, mental health on here before, and especially mental health with black people. Yeah. But today we're going to discuss it, like, specifically for men. Yeah because it is a little bit different when it comes to um, a man's perspective on it. Exactly. So Javen, in your own words, like what do you think like mental health is and like how important is it like to you? I think uh, growing up, it wasn't very important. It was kind of swept under the rug. We were kind of taught to just be strong, Uh, but now that I'm 23, now that I've lived on this earth for 23 years, uh, I take it really seriously. Uh, I think a lot of black men and people in general should definitely take it more serious because at the end of the day, like I said earlier, black men growing up, we're taught to be strong. We're taught to be this is true. Uh, the head of the household at a, at a young age. Uh, we're taught to just take everything and roll with the punches, which is okay, and it's okay to have that mindset, but all at the same time, we have to um, allow ourselves to be vulnerable, and we have to allow ourselves to um, um, check our mental, mental health and check 
ourselves at the door, I guess. Yeah, because I know, like, most, like, black boys yeah. are not really encouraged to talk about their feelings. I know for me, like, growing up, I was not. It was kind of like a, you know, yeah, kind of like a suck it up type thing. Like, I had members of my family, like, who, like, my, like, Aunt Denise and, like, my mommy, who, like, welcomed, you know, me talking about it yeah. and, like, stuff that I was going through. But for the most part, in, like, my immediate household, it was kind of like, we got things to do. We got things going on. You kind of got to We got too much going on. Get mm-hmm. it together before I get you together. Exactly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> exactly. And, like, definitely, like, crying and everything was seen as very weak. Yeah. And, you know, and it kind of, like, and, like, I know for me specifically, my mom is not the oldest out of her siblings. Yeah. But when something happens, my mom is like the most level-headed. So they all look to her for when anything happens. And so growing up in that type of environment, she taught me um, to be level-headed in situations and to analyze situations. But like when it came to like dealing with my emotions side of the side of the situation, that was never really. It was kind of like you push that aside to deal with the situation we got at hand. Exactly. You know, um, how is like how do you say that you deal with like your mental health like now as a twenty-three-year-old? Now, um, so so growing up, I'll say that. Um, in the household, my dad, my stepdad was really strict. Uh, he didn't it, suck it up and get it together. Um, so now that um, I mean, my mom and my stepdad are separated now. Um, and my mom and I's relationship has gotten a lot better in the way that I deal with my mental health. I'll open up to her. Um, I take mental health days. I take maybe one or two every other week, just because it's it's necessary. We, can't, we go all the time. We go all the time. We go all the time. We just we go through a lot, and we don't take time out for ourselves. And that's what really um, has kept me level-headed. Actually, just taking days mm-hmm. for myself and taking and having just me time, mm-hmm. just understanding that I need it. Now, did you have the same mindset when you were in college? Um, yeah. I'm so I, I'm I'm a crier. I'm I'm actually sensitive. So all all, all, of, <laughs> all of my friends, all of my friends that know me, they I'm a jokester and stuff. But all at the same time, like I'm sensitive. So if I if I and I'm gonna say what's on my mind, I'm gonna say what's on my heart. Mm-hmm. And I wear my heart like what what Chris Brown say. I wear my heart like I wear my tattoos right up, right on my sleeve. Okay, well Chris Brown is he's the goat. That's what yeah, he is. Yeah, I not saying that, but, uh, but that's another discussion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm really sensitive, so like I would say that I'm like allowing myself to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make me it doesn't make me weak, but all at the same time, it, it makes um, I don't know. I, I I really think. I mean, I think allowing yourself to be vulnerable makes you like stronger strong. in a way. Because like I know for me, uh, being vulnerable was definitely something I had to learn. Yeah. Like my, I tell people this all the time. 
I've only seen my mother and this is a a like a shocker, I guess, yeah. for like things that we went through with me growing up. Um, I've only seen my mother cry twice yeah. in my entire life. Um, the first time was at my great grandmother's funeral, her grandmother, and God, I think the whole state of Alabama was crying when she passed. But um, and then the second time was when she got a divorce from her last husband, my ex stepfather, yeah. and like this just goes to show like how much she like analyzes and deals with things. When her own father died, I didn't even see her cry. I because her brothers and sisters like leaned on her yeah. to do the things and so we did a good majority of the work when it came down to the funeral and taking care of arrangements. And so it like she let me cry because I cried and I I cried and I grieved and everything because um I was very, very close to my papa. Yeah, she came from and so she let she allowed me to do that, but she didn't do that. And yeah. so, like growing up, it was yeah. She didn't look down on crying, but she was kind of. I, I never saw her do it, so I just exactly. I I kind of looked down on it in my own eyes. So yeah. like for you, me, my mom, the person that I look up to, doesn't cry. So mm-hmm. I shouldn't. Mm-hmm. And that was me. Like I, yeah. I look up to my mom. I, you know, she's my role model. And so it's like, if she don't cry, if she deals with things this way, why shouldn't I? And so yeah. for me, crying became a negative thing, and I didn't unlearn that until like recently. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And it takes it takes years to learn that it it is okay to cry, and and we need to cry. Mm-hmm. We need to let things out. I I feel like as black men, like we are so caught up in just bottling stuff in. Yeah. And that's not healthy. That, that'll never be healthy. That's why I feel like taking days for yourself or even just venting to other people and expressing yourself and being vulnerable will take so much load off of you, take so mm-hmm. much pain and stress off of you because you're unloading, you're letting out. Yeah. That's what I will say. Uh, of course, I'm thankful for everybody in my life. And of course, I'm thankful and I'm not like downing any of my friends or anything like that. I'm completely thankful for them. But I will say that um, I call them my little sisters, but Amira, Sydney, and Gabby, they never. Gabby Brown Girl? Yes, uh huh. Yeah, okay, go listen to her podcast at Brown Girl, okay? She does the damn thing. But. <laughs> But they never let me get away with saying, oh, I'm fine. Because I I will, oh, I'm fine you to death. And you will never know what's going on. I will, you know, anybody who knows me knows I love to laugh. I love to joke. And I, a lot of times I will hide behind that. So I won't have to talk about what I'm going through. And they never let me get through that. They always want me to uh, be able to talk about what is going on. And that's really helped me like normalize, like you said, venting and talking to someone about your problems because, you know, not everybody has that. Yeah. And I, you know, so like, have you ever like dealt with like the dark side of like mental health? Like, you know, like suicide thoughts and stuff like that. I would say that I, I love really hard. I would say that I, I've never thought about like suicide yeah. per se, but I've 
love I, I love hard yeah. so like when and you, and you know that mm-hmm. like I, I've mm-hmm. talked to you about women before so like I'm I was in a relationship last year mm-hmm. um, and I didn't want to be here because of how bad that pain felt yeah and I would always just just vent to you mm-hmm. vent to other people and be like why 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 and then I, I just kind of got to a point this year where I was like I was actually just talking to Jamise earlier. Shout out to Jamise. I was talking to her earlier about this, and I was like, yo, I stopped sending paragraphs. I stopped doing this. I stopped doing that because people are only going to um, hear what they want to hear. Mm-hmm. And so, like like I said, I love hard. So, that, um, that's, the, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot where I was going with that, but yeah, I, I mm-hmm. love hard. So I, I never thought about like suicide right. per se, but I, I've definitely thought about like, damn, I don't want to be here because this, yeah, this is tough. This is this hurts. I know for me, I don't think I've ever. I don't think I. Mm, okay, I think it, it's a very similar situation. Mm-hmm. I've never thought about. I've never had the physical thought of I want to kill myself. No. But after um after I'm pretty sure we spoke about this, but I've spoken about this on my podcast and like if you know me personally then you know this, but I tend I'm definitely like speaking about it more now because yeah. um I need other men who deal with this or little boys to deal with this to understand that, you know, it does happen and it's okay because had 13-year-old Jesse been listening to something like this, then I would have known that it was okay to talk to somebody. I would have known that it was okay to, to, you know, say this is what has happened and this is what's going on. But when I was sexually assaulted, I didn't feel I was scared to tell anyone because I felt like this one, I felt like it made me weak because like I so I anybody who knows me knows I have sisters um, yeah. a lot of them <laughs> yeah. and I, but my sisters are all older than me they are you know 13 they range but like they start at 13 years older than me now I have sisters I have sisters thanks to my stepmom Miss Tanya now I have sisters yeah. who are my age but before that it was just sisters who were older than me but anyways um you know, I have nieces and nephews. So my nieces and nephews are my age. And so we kind of like grew up together basically. And they were rough. I was rough right along with them. And so we used to fight and wrestle and break things and all other stuff. And so like, because of the people that they were and because of the people that like my cousins were, I felt like when that situation happened, like it made me weak because I couldn't fight the person off. And so um, I know that after that, I, like I said, I didn't deal with the physical thought of wanting to commit suicide, but I did deal with thoughts of, I don't want to be here. I don't want to be here. Mm -hmm. And that's definitely crept in my mind before. Yeah, I I think my mental health, uh, I think, I make it a priority now, so I don't think that'll ever creep in my mind because I always try to see the good in every situation, no matter what the situation is. Uh, but 
I don't think I ever that I ever keep, keep in my mind anymore just because I make my mental health a priority now. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, I understand like it's okay to cry. It's okay to not be okay. Mm-hmm. But you have to just like a lot of people feel like they don't have somebody to go to. Yeah. Yeah. But we do. Mm-hmm. But all at the same time, people have to reach out. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. You, like I like I said, you have to also make it a point. If you're not okay, try to talk to these people. Right. And I, I 100% agree. I know for me, um, one, like you said, a lot of people feel like they don't have, you know, anyone to yeah. speak to or anybody to talk to. But I know for me, one thing that I try my best to do is I have a thousand nieces and nephews. Exactly. And, um, you know, I have ones that are older. They are, um, my oldest ones are a year and two years younger than me. Yeah. And then they literally range in age all the way down to my sister Leah just had twins. <laughs> and so they are maybe two months old. Yeah. And so, but what I try my best to do is at some point in time, take my nieces and nephews by themselves and ask them, hey, are you okay? Are What's you going sure? on? Are you sure you good? Especially the nieces and nephews I have that live in DC. Okay. Um, because I know that their situation is ideal. And so I try my best just to ask, you know, what's going on. I, like there was a situation where my niece dreamed she lived with my dad for like a year, maybe two years. And my dad invaded her privacy. I'm not going to say invaded her privacy by going through her phone and thought she was dealing with something. I'm not going to say what, but thought she was dealing with something. So I was, I didn't really know how to deal with that. I didn't really know how to approach her. And so I was like, okay. And so what I did my best to do was for two days straight, and I don't spend the night at my dad's house or anything like that, but I spent two days just solid just with her yeah and i tried to create a space where it was like you can talk to me about anything and i need you that if exactly i need you to understand that if something is going on you can come and talk to me because like you just said a lot of people feel like they can't come and talk to anybody when i was 13 and that happened i didn't feel like i could come and talk to anybody you know i didn't feel like i could i could say that plus to make it a step worse the person that did it went along certain lines to intimidate me so that way I wouldn't tell anybody yeah you know yeah I feel like um I actually tweeted this the other day I I feel like my calling and my purpose is to besides the mukbang and the ASMR, the eating food in front of the camera. I feel like my oh my god, uh, you mean them nasty behind videos where they eating the them jumbo large clap? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like my my calling, and I feel like um, I'm here on this earth to. I want people to feel comfortable enough, and I feel like people are comfortable enough. But I want people to feel comfortable enough to be themselves, 100% themselves around me, mm-hmm. and. To this point, to this day, like everybody that's come in contact with me either confides in me or they are 100% genuinely themselves around mm-hmm. me because I'm 100% me and I'm only going to give you real right, 100% of the time. And plus, I feel like um, another thing that stops people from 
actually going to people is because um, people, you can't deal with people um, all the same. You have to mm-hmm. take a different approach um, with different people. Yeah. You can't just, all right, well, this worked for him, so this is going to work for him. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's what I learned, like, with, with athletics and coaching. So, like, I can take getting yelled at, and I can take this and that, but he would much rather be pulled to the side. Like, yeah. coach, coach, I can't handle um, you yelling in my face. Yeah. yeah. I shut down. And, I mean, that's just, like, with people's emotions. Like, I can't handle, like, I'm not going to take this the same way that he takes this. Right. And I completely understand that. Like, um, another story. <laughs> my cousin and my uncle, like, fell out yeah. a couple months ago. And it all, I mean, there was underlying things there, but a lot of it simply had to do with the fact that my uncle was calling my cousin boy. Yeah. Like the word, and he'd be like, boy, da 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 And my cousin didn't like that. My cousin's like 28, something like yeah. that. See, and I had to have this talk with him too um, about you have to, what I like to call knowing your audience. You have to know your audience. And I told my uncle that because I was like, listen, my my mom works for the government. My stepdad's military. He's a colonel, yeah. I think. My dad was in the army for 35 years and now still works for the government. Stepmom works for the government. So for me, you can talk to me just about any type of way. And I'm nine times out of 10, probably, I, you know, I can handle, I'm not gonna react. I can handle it because with my, you know, both sets of my parents, they're military, they're strict, they're stern. And so yeah. they talk to me like that all of my life. Yeah. And so, but you're when you're dealing with- deal with this. Exactly. But when you're dealing with somebody else, they not, they may take that as, you know, you're being disrespectful or something. And so you're right. You can't deal with everyone exactly. the same. You can't. And, uh, yeah, I'm not even going to go into anything else. You can't, you can't deal with everybody the same. You can't. I, I feel like, plus, he, you said he's 28? Yes. Like, come on, fam. <laughs> I'm a grown man. I got a, I don't know if I got a family or not, but. He does, yes. He, he has three, man, got, well, four I children. Got kids. I, I don't, like, and my thing is, this is what has made me and my mom so close. It's a respect factor now. Like, I'm 23. I'm not, I'm not all the way grown, but I'm grown. Mm-hmm, so, like, mm-hmm. it's more of a friendship than a, uh, and she respects me now. Whereas when I was younger, I feel like she still respected me, but it was still like, I'm your mom, right? you're my son. But now it's like, I actually texted her a few weeks ago because we were going through something. And I was mm-hmm. like, I love you. Uh, this, this, You are not the problem. Um, mm-hmm. um, you are the, uh, the greatest woman that I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you give me a love that uh, I was too stubborn to realize that I, uh, that I needed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was saying that uh, you have a son and a friend in me. Mm-hmm. So if you ever need to contact me, uh, text me, I love you, blah, 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 blah. But like at the end of the day, like you have to be able to move into that. You, you know, I don't gotta be friends, but you have to respect. Right. You have to mm-hmm. respect. And I think, respect me. I think a lot of, especially black sons, have to at some point in time, unfortunately, have that conversation with their mamas. Cause I had to have the same one just here this past homecoming weekend with yeah. my mama because we felt y'all, <laughs> me and my mom have had some falling out. Cause me and my mom are so, so 
similar. Yeah. We are so alike. We're literally just the male and female versions of each other. Yeah. And so we've had some drag out fights that my family has been like, okay. But this one probably took the cake. And I don't think my mom was fully prepared because in the past, it has been me being younger and being disrespectful. But I don't think my mom was fully prepared for me to check her on her being disrespectful about something in my life that she really had no business being in. And so we got into this argument and I told her she didn't need to come. I didn't care. It was just this drag out thing. And when she got, she came for homecoming because she was coming for homecoming when we were arguing. I told her she didn't have to come. But she came and I, the minute she came, I asked my stepdad, I said, will you give us a minute? Yeah. And he said, okay. And so I don't think he knew that we had gotten into it. And so me and her, we sat in my room and I told her, I said, mama, I love you. I said, you know, you can, just like you told your mom, I said, you can come to me and talk to me about anything, just like I should be able to come to you and talk to you about anything. But you have to respect me as an adult, because at this point, I am an adult and you can't dictate my life. And so unfortunately, and I've seen this with so many black men and their moms, and it's, you know, Moms, of course, love all their children hard, but they especially love their sons. Love and sons. and so when you're dealing with, especially like, especially like I know at one point in time, it was just you and your mom. And then for a good majority of my life, it was just me and my mom. Even when my stepdad was in the picture, yeah. he was mentally and emotionally abusive. So really, it still was just me and my mom. Yeah. And so... There were times where she needed me and she leaned on me. And that's another reason why I have the issues with like dealing with things and being strong. Because when I was younger, I was going through things that, and to be fair to her, she didn't know that I was sexually assaulted until I was 18 or 19. I didn't tell her. And so she also didn't know that there were things going on in my dad's house I just didn't discuss. Because in my mind, my mom's here going through things. I need to be here for her. Okay. And so, but where I was going with that is like, you know, a lot of black men grow up and it's just they're in their, them and their mom. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're taking care of them just like their mom is taking care of them. And yeah, at some point in time, you grow up and they still want to look at you, of course, As like their baby. But you have to have that conversation with them sometimes and respectfully and tell them, listen. I am an adult, and I need you to start seeing me as an adult. Exactly. And sometimes that's not the easiest conversation. I mean, yeah. Sometimes that conversation doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, I'm about to say sometimes it don't it it don't work because I can guarantee you, with me and my mom, we're gonna have to have that conversation again and right. again and again. But so before we like close out, tell me some things that you do to like. I know you said that you keep like that you do mental health health days sometimes, but like, what do you, on those mental health days? Like, what do you do to like keep yourself in check? I guess. I think uh, I like to I like to um, write in my notes. I like uh, I like doing uh, I, I don't know if it's poems or I guess we can call them poems. I love to just uh, put my phone down and just listen to music. 
Uh, I love to tell me his music tastes are questionable, but <laughs> we'll get breezy. That. We'll get into that later. <laughs> <laughs> I like to um, I like just to sit around and watch movies. I really like to just um, sit or, sit outside. Well, it's, it's cold outside now, mm-hmm. but every Saturday, this is what. I, so every Saturday morning, I would wake up after a long night of. After a long night of I'm being just, at the club shirtless. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I would wake up every Saturday morning, I would sit outside my house and just, just listen to music and just, just think, or I, I just pray. Or Is that when you would be making the videos in your robe? Yeah, when I got locked out that yeah. one day. <laughs> Come on, dog. They, this dude this dude disturbed my peace. He's like, do you only got a robe on? Like, what, do you, what, what do you see? What do you see me in a robe? I go inside. And uh, grab some draws, cause cause everybody disturbing my peace. Like he, he could have easily just kept walking. <laughs> I, I come back outside, shut the door. My keys is locked inside, so I have to walk all the way to the office. <laughs> In his robe. In y'all. my robe. No shoes on, barefoot. <laughs> listen to Summer Walker. <laughs> I just finally got a chance to listen to her album, and it's incredible. Yeah, I, I was stunned by that masterpiece the song with Usher yes. took, I almost slipped in the shower <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I, I, I like to sit outside uh, I also like to talk to, talk to friends not not during middle days but I really like to take make the point to check on friends and talk to friends because at the end of the day you really never know if somebody's like you said. It's true. Yeah. People, people will. I'm fine. Well, I'm fine. You did that. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> like yeah. no, no. You don't. We. I don't. I don't care if we sit here all night. You will tell me what the problem is, and uh, I'm not gonna press you. I'm, I'm not gonna do a lot, but I will. Like you, you gonna tell yeah. me what the problem is. Like I'm. Like if I if I feel like something's up, if I if you're giving off. I, I'm really big into energies now, uh, so if I feel like you're giving off a certain energy, I'm gonna make it a point to check on you. I'm gonna make it a point to make sure you're straight by the end of the conversation, or make sure we at least got to the problem. Yeah. Uh, now we might not solve the issue, but we know that our problem's there, and we're working towards solving it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> No, that's good. I mean, and that's one thing that, like, when I was going through um, my, like, leaving, not, I guess, well, I don't even want to, it wasn't a relationship. We were literally just, like, speaking to each other for two weeks. That's what I'll say. But the the situation before this past one, was very, very trying for me and very, very, I and I, you know, I didn't know just how traumatic it was until tonight yeah. because I had, me and Shermaine went to this thing about abuse yeah. tonight and um, we, they discussed, you know, everybody, a lot of people talk about um, physical abuse and they'll like touch on mental and emotional abuse but tonight really the event that Peace had along with SAB um, had focused a lot heavily on mental and emotional and abuse. I think I think that definitely needs to be focused on more because 
you heal from physical abuse. Yeah. You you can mm -hmm. heal from getting punched in your face and I, mm -hmm. I mean it's gonna hurt for a minute, but yeah. you, you heal from that. But you will like I said, I tweeted a tweet last night. Um people you you'll forget what people say, but you'll never forget how they make you feel. Mm -hmm. So if if you leave a bad taste in my mouth, if you make me feel bad, mm -hmm. I'm going to feel that. Mm -hmm. Like and I don't feel like people really focus on like uh, the negative aspect of like mental health or like what people go through on a mm -hmm. daily, uh, daily basis in their mind. Yeah. Like sometimes your mind can be your worst enemy. And a, and a bad like relationship will, unless it you really work them situations out, good Lord. It will really throw you off. Just like, just like I was saying, uh, I was talking to a friend uh, a few weeks, a few days ago about like, I, I was like, I don't want to try, try a relationship ever again. Like, guys, mm -hmm. you really, really hurt me. Like, I really, I feel like you really have to take the time to heal. Yeah, I feel like you really have to take, and you really have to take the time to open up. Oh, for sure. Like the last, this past situation, the one that I said wasn't very long, I was talking to my friend Aaliyah about it today. Mm. No, last night. And I told her, I said, Although I am sad the situation ended, yeah. because I do still really like the girl. Yeah. What I will, even though it was such a short amount of time, and you know, she does listen to this, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, <laughs> uh, even though it was, a, it was a super short amount of time, yeah. like she made me feel a thousand times better than the situation before her had in two years. And I told my friend Aaliyah, I said, yeah, it sucks that the situation ended, but that is what it is. It, it, I guess it sucked that it ended before it got started good. And I, you know, I, it could have been something great, but yeah. that is what it is. I am happy to have experienced that because it kind of let me know all right, you experienced this terrible ass thing for two years that you just felt like you were so bogged down with, you felt like, you know, you couldn't get out of. And I, I did, like that situation I was dealing with for two years, it was so ongoing, it kept reoccurring in my life. Yeah. I genuinely thought that that was all I deserved. I genuinely thought that I have done something in my lifetime to make me, this is this is all I can get. Yeah. And um, and what didn't help is that person was not. I wasn't the best person to them, and they were not the best person to me. Exactly. And one of the I did. I'm not gonna lie. I did a lot of foul things to her, but one of the foulest things that she did to me was kind of make me feel like her whole life was my responsibility. So therefore, me leaving, I would feel bad. Like I yeah. felt like, and I tried multiple times, but I felt like, oh my God, like what is she gonna do? That feeling will creep up. You know, what is she gonna do without me? Type exactly. Thing. And so like with this past situation, I definitely thank her because it was like, even though it was short, I feel great. Maybe and even though it's over, yeah, it made me feel different. And even though it's over, I still feel great. Like I, we felt like, I felt like a little high school kid, a 16 year old with a crush, you right. know what I'm saying? And here's the thing, 
um, when we go through uh, a person leaving our lives or something, somebody mm-hmm. that really impacted us. So like last year, this girl, like you said, she mm-hmm. she made me feel way different than mm-hmm. I've ever felt before. I've never felt so. I feel like like I, we were talking about soul ties a few days ago. Mm-hmm. I really felt like we were connecting, not just with sex though, just yeah. like with everything. So like, I feel like when stuff like that ends, it hurts, but all the same time, it makes me um, excited because yes. there's better on the way. Mm-hmm. Or there's, I felt this and I felt incredible. And although it's over and I don't want it to be over, there is a much better love or a much better just person and feeling that will be here to stay forever. So yeah. it, that's what makes me excited. That's, and that's why my mindset is so much different now. I'm always just op- optimistic and I'm always just seeing the good and everything because life is, we're only here for 70 years. Right. 70, 80 years. So I want to be able to feel good. Yeah. For 95% of the time, 90% of the time. And that's what I was telling um, Aaliyah was like, if this, and this was what? If that was, that situation was three weeks, I yeah. think, at the most. If that can feel that good for that three weeks, imagine, imagine what, like, being in love with your best friend or, like, marrying your best friend feels like, yeah. you know? So, yeah. But I just got a notification that my phone, my, uh, computer about that so y'all we're gonna <laughs> wrap it up thank y'all for listening thank you young jb for being on my always, podcast always. and we will catch y'all next time